0: Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bond and I am here to chat with you about video games, gaming news, speculation, and much more. This week we'll be talking about the podcast Big Milestone, new throwback, Assassin's Creed games, The Last of Us Remakes reception, and much more. A few things before we get into the show. A big thank you to the supporter-level patrons, PK, Manmade Golf, The Dawn, and the newest supporter, Cage Nephilim. A special thanks to our producer-level patron, Hassan. If you are interested in supporting the show, my other content, and the other perks uh, that come along with it, go ahead and check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash bonddiesel. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please rate the podcast on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel like this video and comment down below, even if it's just for the algorithm. But especially if you have a question, comment or topic for next week. Last, please join the show's discord to chat about the show, gaming, news, sports or whatever else you want to. The link is down in the description for that gaming news. Uh, So to start off, this is the 200th episode of the Echo cast. So, so there it is. That's um, that's exciting. So um, just to kind of talk about the the, the podcast a little bit in case you're newer or um, whatever. Uh, So I I published, I, I went back and did a little bit of research for this. I published the first episode back in March 22nd of 2018. So it's roughly four and a half years ago. Um, That's really cool. Um, And I went, it was like, I want to say it was over 100 episodes without ever missing a week. That included going to E3 and, and doing a whole bunch of stuff. I believe it even included... birth of my child i'm pretty sure i still recorded that week um and if i and i know there were a few episodes i recorded literally from the couch while like holding her uh and i recorded it on like uh some like uh samsung earbuds on that mic and it was terrible but it worked and uh and we're still doing it so i've obviously taken a few weeks off here and there over the last couple of years but um yeah 200 episodes is really exciting um uh, and, and it's it's evolved a lot right if you've been around for a long time um you know that if you haven't you may not so um, this started off initially as a division podcast. Um, it was actually, uh, I started doing it before division two was even officially announced. And, um, and it was before I even got noticed that I was going to be an Ubisoft star player. So that was, uh, highly convenient and probably definitely helped kind of get the show going early. Um, and then you know the division two came out um still my my best my best performing episode ever is still the one uh the week that the division two came out it has like a few thousand listens which for me is a whole lot it's about 10 times what um uh, i i typically get and so uh that was exciting uh and at that time i was monetized as well so i i made a few bucks off of that and um You know, we carried through the first year and and I believe year two of of the division and, you know, it just got to a point where info was slowing down, Um, you know, trying to uh, find something to talk about every week turned into this like slog where I was having to go like multiple weeks of literally just like coming up with stuff to talk about. Because a, a big topic was typically the state of the game, which for a long time was happening every week, and then that fell off and um, and and so I decided uh, I wanted to keep doing this, um, but that I needed to diversify um, the content. And so I believe I, I couldn't find an exact episode, um, but it was around last May, May of 2021. When I finally kind of started covering a lot of things now that would put about the last year and a half or so I've been doing that and that's had its ups and downs. Um, uh, If you've listened for a while, you know, I've experimented with, um, you know, how I record it, the order of stuff, what I talk about. And what I'm happy with now is I think I have it in a good spot where I can talk about Anything gaming related, whatever I feel like, what we're doing right now, essentially. And then I basically try to make a segment for The Division and Mass Effect every week because the problem with being a 100% generalized podcast is that you're going up against like most of the biggest gaming podcasts, uh, the kind of funny podcasts, Min Max, um, you know, Giant Bomb, Jeff Grub, all of these people who either have like legitimate like insider info or have multiple people on the podcast if you're listening to this right now and if you listen to any other podcast you know that there's not too many solo podcasts out there Uh, there's definitely There can't be very many who have recorded 200 episodes. Uh, And for any of the detailed people, this really is episode like 205 or something. Um, But I started counting the interviews as like special episodes. And so for the weekly podcast, this is the 200th. And so I understand that... Uh, you know, the, this, this format isn't really the most popular in the world. Um, I, I understand that if I had, you know, one or two or three more people on every week with me, I, it would probably be more attractive to people. Um, it's just scheduling wise. It doesn't make sense for me. Um, I, I basically, uh, am doing this because I, I fit it in when I can. Um, and the idea of trying to schedule with two or three people, it's just not realistic. Um, so I, um, you know, I, I think I've really settled on this um, kind of way of doing it where um, I do interviews when I can get them. And I, I'm really proud of those. I think they've gone really well. I've learned a lot uh, in, a, in, in a couple months of interviewing. I definitely wish I would have maybe um, interviewed like Yannick and Mark Dara. Uh, later, I wish I would have done um, some other interviews first so I could learn both a tech perspective and from my own interviewing ability because it's a talent, right? To, to interview people, um, it, it may come naturally to some people, but for most people, there uh, is a um, uh, there's something you have to learn. There's a, a strategy and uh, an, I don't know, like experience that you have to have. Um, because anyone can just ask questions, but asking good follow up questions, providing your own insight, um, doing things that makes the conversation feel natural and informative and stuff is really hard. Um, and I feel like I've struggled with that stuff and in, in the interview so far, but I think I'm getting better at it. And so. Um, A little part of me wishes I would have maybe saved like Mark Dara for a later interview when I uh, am a little more in my groove. But here we are. Um, That was a great show. Um, I was really happy with it. Uh, You know, some technical stuff I I wish would have been better, but that's OK. And that's kind of where we're at now. We're still doing this weekly podcast. I will talk about some news here in a moment. Um, I will also say that in the listener question segment, I asked, I basically did like an AMA, uh, and a pretty good number of people responded. So there's a bunch of questions, both gaming related and not that I'll be answering towards the end of the show. I am going to do, um, uh, uh, the timestamps. Uh, so at least in the YouTube version, you'll see timestamps. Uh, I may just throw them into the podcast version as well, because why not? Um, so be on the lookout for that uh, if you just want to skip to the questions or to one of the other sections. So um, and and as for where the podcast is going, um, I'll maybe talk more about this in, in one of the listener questions, because that's uh, I, I believe someone asked about it. Um, but I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Uh, 200 episodes is a milestone. Uh, it's not the ending. Um, I think that this podcast will continue being a general podcast that really focuses on the division and mass effect. I think as the years go on over the next two or three years, um, if I continue doing it, I uh, will we'll obviously see a pretty big lean towards mass effect because that we know has a new game coming out. Um, the division in theory has this big, like whole universe that's being built around it. Um, I, am not hyper confident and that providing something that I can really hang my hat on creation wise. Um, uh, and, and I will say, I do want to kind of go back to that move when I went from the division, um, to, to doing more stuff. It wasn't because I didn't like the division anymore. I've seen people even say that like on the subreddit and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, he's a mass effect fan now. Obviously I am. That's, that's not a lie, but I still like the division. Um, I love it. Um, maybe it's more so because of my memories of it or because of the people I've met through it, both developers and other players. Um, I still like playing the game. I just don't play it that much. And it's because before I switched over, when I was still trying to do a division only podcast, I was getting toxic and I was getting sensational. And I was doing what you've seen every single, the division YouTuber and streamer, most, not every single, that's not true, but many of them, especially the, the legacy ones, the ones that have been around forever. Um, I just think that you can see that these people are burnt out and I think you can see that they, uh, you know, w- you, when you're faced with a decision or the task of being creative or kind of taking the easier path um, whether it's due to a lack of creativity or just a lack of time or whatever, uh, it just seems like when people get burned out and when people have tried to stick with a game, like the division that doesn't have a lot going on, people go down this easy path of negativity, toxicity, sensationalism, straight up dishonesty. Um, and I didn't want to go there. So, that's why I diversified. It hurt my content. Like it hurt my interaction and my numbers and stuff for sure. Um, the, the, the podcast I think is basically back now to where it was before I changed. Um, but it took a year and a half or more. Um, and it's still not as consistent. Uh, if I make a division video today on YouTube, it's going to get 10 times as many views as if I make a mass effect or a different one. And that's fine. I don't, I don't care enough about that stuff to only do division videos. Um, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm happy that you're listening and, uh, and I'm good with this. And this is what we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Um, I'll keep talking about everything. I'll keep talking about division. I'll keep talking about mass effect. And as those things have developments, we'll focus on uh, one or the other a bit more so uh uh, just a big thank you Uh, if you're listening thank you so much for listening to all these uh shows uh and supporting however you do even if you just listen that's more than enough um if you want to support in other ways that's great but uh just listening uh is is really the best thing you can do so thank you okay news time let's let's actually talk about some games uh so assassin's creed mirage has been announced um assassin's creed mirage is a uh well we don't know much about it yet okay so the only thing we really have so far is a bunch of rumors which i won't dive too much into um we do have i think was cover art and in the most speculative of ways it shows a very classic looking assassin diving down with the the blade off the wrist At someone and myself as well as many others um, as well as the rumors uh, are suggesting that we think this may be a sign that they are returning to some kind of um, uh, to to the roots of the Assassin's Creed games if you um, have played all of the Assassin's Creed games or or are at least aware of them you'll know that uh, for many years now um, you know for many years it was a very like story almost linear game uh, that would take place in a big city you would assassinate targets leading up to one big one you would have tools and mechanics and things like that to use um, and then with uh, origins they started kind of leaning towards more of like a looter uh, rpg ish kind of thing and then with odyssey they went all in on that and then with Valhalla, they went like super all in on that. Um, I really like Origins. I, I think it's partially because it still does have some of that. It still felt like an old Assassin's Creed game, even though they were introducing more mystical things and things like that. Um, Odyssey, I found to be a very entertaining game. I thought the dialogue was fun. I thought the characters were great. Um, I'm one of the few people, I think, who really liked Alexios. Um even though Cassandra is obviously a fan favorite and, um, it, but with Valhalla or, uh, with Odyssey, it's when I started to feel like, man, this is a long game and I want to move on with the story right now, but I have to hit level whatever before I can do that. And that level gating really, really, really hurt that experience for me, but I enjoyed it so much. I kept going and a big twist towards the end of the game uh, of, of sorts was really fun for me and i thought it was really cool um and that experience was really good and then valhalla came out and i never even got to the english uh area of it i never even got out of the prologue i thought the game kind of looked crappy i didn't like the way it looked i was playing on the series x with the like enhanced version i thought it looked awful my experience was very buggy i found it to be like borderline like cringy I just didn't like it i thought the characters were uninspiring i just i i didn't the only thing i liked about it was that it seemed like they were trying to bring in like some like legit assassin lore the valhalla or um, odyssey and origins was kind of dealing with like the more mystical side and and like who like the the founders of the of the assassin's order was and, and and all of this like you know, the, the 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 people the civilizations before us and all that, which was interesting, but it just felt like a bit much. And so, this Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, it's supposedly going to take place in Iraq, um, way back, you know, like you know, a couple thousand years ago, um, or Iraq, I think I believe is the right uh, pronunciation. And that's great. I think that sounds super cool. Um, and this is not, if in case you didn't know. This is not the Assassin's Creed game that's supposed to be like a live service, like multi-mini-year game. This is something else. So it seems like that is going to be this big, like, mothership game that's going to have, like, a live service element. It's going to go on and on and on with new areas and, and blah, blah, blah. But what you've seen from, like, Odyssey and Valhalla especially, um, I, where you're going to have experiences like this one. Um, with a with this Mirage where this is going to be probably a one and done, they're going to release it and then move on to another, like kind of more traditional Assassin's Creed game that will complement this mothership game. Um, I mean, maybe they'll do some DLC or something for Mirage, but I suspect it's going to be a pretty self-contained game. Uh, the next story is The Last of Us Part 1 has released. So it's only released on PlayStation. Um, they haven't, it's going to release on PC as well, uh, but Sony is doing its stuff there. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but the reception to this has been uh, very expectedly good. Um, the Metacritic is 89, the Open Critic is 88. These are both measures out of 100. Um, It seems like basically people are like, yeah, this is one of the best games ever made. And now it looks better. And they improved a lot of accessibility stuff. So thumbs up. Good job. Uh, Okay. And it was really interesting. I watched um, multiple reviews on it. um, And the the kind of funny one stood out as well as some others um, as being really interesting to me. Because they basically were like, this is a 10 out of 10 game or 5 out of 5, whatever. This is a perfect game. And then they would spend the next hour pointing out a bunch of stuff that I think if they would have saved their rating for the end, they would have been like, well, maybe it's like a four out of five, or maybe it's like a nine out of 10. Um, And that's not to like degrade the game at all. It's obviously one of the best stories ever told. It's one of Sony's best games ever made in a lot of people's opinions, but it's, it's kind of that factor of like, if it's, you know, if, if, most of the story elements and stuff are kind of recycled from the old game. Um, even though they did like significant work, like the animations, the characters, the environmental, like all of that is significantly revamped. They did some mechanical stuff, a little bit of AI work, it seems like, but not maybe enough from what I've seen people say, um, that like, are you, are you rating it as like a platform or are you rating it as an individual game? Um, and and that's a that's a question that I've seen multiple of these interviews kind of grapple with and not really come to a conclusion on. Honestly, um, it seems like they you know even they aren't really sure how they feel. So um, my, my opinion on it is it sure doesn't seem like it was it should have it should be a seventy dollar game. That seems like a lot, um, despite the the significant overhauls. And it seems like that's a pretty consistent dig on it. Is that it shouldn't be seventy bucks? But then you ask the question like, well, should the game's price affect its score? Should the score be purely about the game or about the context it's within? Um, should a pretty good game that's only thirty bucks uh, get bonus points for that? Where a really good game that's seventy should it lose points for that even though it really has nothing to do with the game but more the context the game has been released in I don't have the answers to that Um, the one thing I will kind of rant about is how I have zero absolutely zero doubt Um, I I have no faith at all that this game couldn't have come out on PC at the same time Um, Sony is still so obsessed with console sales Uh, oddly enough even though they're you know, lightening their systems and and raising their prices and stuff. They, them winning the console sales numbers is the most important thing to that company. And, and we see evidence of that in their resistance to putting games on PC. And when they do doing it like three or four years after the game comes out, that does not have to happen. That ports take time. I understand Putting a game on PC is hard because you have to, you have to, ha- you have to know the game can handle a pretty huge variety, of of different setups and stuff like that. So I get it, but you know, multi-year waits or even a situation like The Last of Us, is purely because they want to make sure every person who could buy a system, to play this game will, and then once that's completely sapped then they'll let it go on PC. And uh, maybe it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, I guess. I There's only really circumstantial evidence towards that, but I will hold to it. And I don't even blame them because I understand that they are really stuck in this like kind of old school idea of like, we have to sell the most hardware. Um, because you can tell that like Xbox gave up on that. And Sony doesn't even sell the most hardware. Nintendo does. But because it's like a different class, they I don't think they care. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I I think that obsession will fade as time goes on. I think, I think PlayStation will be the last one to get the message, but I think they will get it eventually and realize like, you know, having, you know, focusing on having games, you know, like they obviously have this crazy roster of games, but if you look at the games, they're more alike than they are different. And, and, and that's obviously why they've like purchased Destiny and, and, and they've been making their own moves just as Xbox is. And it seems like where Xbox is trying to kind of fill every niche of, in some capacity, uh, you know, without really being super successful at any of them. Um, Sony kind of has the opposite problem of like having the absolute market on third person open world adventure games with a good story on lock. And that's about it. Um, And so it seems like they're trying to expand out of that uh, fairly small thing, but it works so well for them. It seems like they're almost like kind of terrified to leave it. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with like when the last of us PC version comes out and how Sony handles their PC releases in the future, because the day and day stuff won't happen on Sony until they don't care about console sales anymore. And I don't think that's coming anytime soon. So uh, speaking of not coming anytime soon, Halo Infinite. Um, So the content woes continue. Um, If you saw their kind of big update this week, it's really tough because like they're trying to be transparent. They're trying to give information when they're able. Um, You can tell they're trying to only give information when they can like be sure it's real information, Um, you know, as being like a big division fan as well as other games Um, there's such a fine balance it seems like with these PR and comm dev teams where like they want to get information out ASAP they also don't want to put out information that ends up not being true so they don't want to talk about they're working on this new feature and then two months later have to come back and say actually we can't put that feature in Um, because that's very normal in video game development Um, but you know video game development also used to be a studio disappeared for two, three years and then a game came out and then people played it. But now people are so obsessed with knowing like every step of the development process and knowing everything that's going on and everything they're thinking about doing. Well, you know, yeah, you want to be transparent about that stuff, but because players don't understand how games are made um, and they don't have any uh, ability to, understand that not everything that you want to put in a game gets into that game. Um, it, it puts them in a tough spot where like they have to be so careful about what they show or don't show being a division fan. You've seen this evolution pretty heavily uh, as well as many, many other games. So um, yeah, the halo situation's tough. They put out the announcement that they are removing the couch co-op uh, that was initially, um, you know, boasted about quite a bit um, this current season's gonna last for ten months, uh, which is not great. When some seasons in like Apex and stuff just last a couple of weeks, and then more stuff comes soon. Um, but they have you know they have pretty much confirmed that Forge, the big customizable mode, is coming towards the end of the year. So, I think the outrage about the couch co op was a little silly. Um, obviously, I'm sure there's. A decent number of people who that's still a factor to it surely can't be enough to matter though i mean i have such a hard time believing that that is really that big of a deal to more than like a few hundred people and at the end of the day if you're struggling to get content out if you're if you're feeling the pressure of the fan base and and, and your bosses and all that to to keep trying to bring this game back to what it probably should have been it's halo infinite um, you, you know, you cut things that aren't worth it. And I'm betting that they had metrics to tell them that Couch Co op was a super cool idea and it was just not worth it. And that's where it's going to be. So I'm, I, I enjoy Halo Infinite. I, I enjoyed the story a lot. Um, I enjoyed a little bit of multiplayer, mostly big team battle, but I've kind of dropped off. I, I, I didn't find their Battle Pass system to be very approachable or fun to interact with. Um, and that was really about it i i'm still playing apex i'm still playing battlefield 2042 believe it or not and that's that's filling that that thing for me that live service kind of come and play for a couple hours a day thing those games are doing that for me um where like even like the division but especially halo isn't um and when they have new stuff like if halo infinite puts out a story dlc day one i'm playing that um then putting out this PVP stuff, I just, I don't really care. Um I'm sure I'll check in when I need to, but I just, um Halo Infinite's interesting. I, I've seen a lot of people, especially of a certain lean, really be like, oh, Halo, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like this needed to be perfect and it's not. And I am going to throw out an argument and maybe this is very convenient in hindsight. I don't think Halo has been the premier Uh, franchise for Xbox since Halo 3 came out. Um, I think that title goes to probably Gears of War. And even though I don't think Gears of War is as popular as Halo, I think if you want to point out one of their franchises that is like the best of Xbox, I mean, Gears 5 was so good. I don't even like it. I didn't even play it that much. But I know it's a really good game and it looks insane. And I, I think the Coalition and... Gears is Xbox's premier franchise at this point and I think Halo just is something else. I think it's one of the good games they have. Um there is a lot of question and talk about uh what's going to happen with 343 after this like third game in a row that isn't really doing it and I think that Activision acquisition will be very interesting for Halo. I I think it's very very challenging. I I find it really hard to believe. That they are going to likely acquire the, the makers of uh, you know Activision Blizzard, especially, and they've already uh, gotten the Zenimax thing. With you know, you have these developers who made Doom and Doom Eternal and Call of Duty and all of these games, and you're you're gonna tell me that you're not gonna use any of the, those resources to try to make a really cool Halo game? I think that would be crazy. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, speaking of Xbox, the Xbox game uh, pass friends and family has officially been unveiled. So I think I just spoke about last week that I think in uh, Ireland and Colombia, I believe they were doing like a, like a beta test for this friends and family. You could have five accounts on it. Uh, I think it was around like 30 bucks a month. And uh, that has now been officially uh, released in those two places and then they've said that it'll come to other areas later so um it's a pretty big deal uh if if it really is going to be like 30 bucks a month i mean that's simply worth it if you can just find like one or maybe at least like maybe two or three people to just split the cost with um it it makes it gets you it gets you a game pass ultimate for like a really good price for like you know maybe less than ten dollars a month Um, And that's just a wildly good deal. It just is. And um, what a lot of this is leading up to is this mythical time when Xbox is going to be putting out like significant titles like every two or three months. And I know that this has really turned into like almost a meme of being like, well, maybe next year. And and that's kind of what it looks like. But there will be a time where Xbox is going to have, you know, like Call of Duty on Game Pass. They're gonna have the new Hellblade game coming out. They're gonna have more Halo stuff. They're gonna have the new gear six. They're gonna have this and that. They're gonna have these like significant titles coming out pretty consistently. And it's gonna just seem insane to not have a Game Pass subscription. And if you can share it with a couple people or five people total, it just makes it, I think, impossible. To, to not be on even if you don't have an xbox even if you play it through the cloud or play it through like your pc game pass or something i just think that we're gonna get to a point where it's gonna seem insane to not have game pass even if you're not an xbox fan but you know we'll just have to see how that works out the uh, next story is uh, god of war ragnarok had uh, they put out a little bit that uh, was this, uh, uh santa monica i think is the sony studio making that and they put out a video basically detailing some new features and mechanics and stuff. It was mostly focused on like weapon abilities and combat mechanics. Um, so I watched this this uh, this little info thing, and my reaction to it was honestly kind of interesting. So I'm I'm an Xbox guy, but I love God of War. Um, I haven't played 2018 yet, and it's on PC, so I can even though I don't have a Sony, I'll have a PlayStation. But I hate the third person i hate like god of war is is a is a is a it's a type of game and and i appreciate that this 2018 one like i understand it's like one it's a really really great game but i hate the way the combat looks and and maybe if i played it i would change my mind i don't think i would i just i hate the way it looks i hate the just the sonification of it of okay well now it's a linear over the shoulder third person action adventure game with a really good story and good voice acting and stuff like it's hard to complain about that but like that's not what god of war is man and i understand you know they they had to kind of reboot it and stuff to bring it to a more modern time totally understandable but just for me someone who played the first you know three or four games it just isn't that's not my god of war um, and something I've been kind of saying about this next one, I've been saying this for a while, but after horizon, uh, forbidden West came out, that game was so interesting because it's a very good game. Like by all accounts, it's a good game, but it wasn't like revolutionary. It was basically horizon with some more stuff and a lot more horizon. And I really think that's what God of war is going to be. Now you're talking about a game that was a game of the year. So more God of War. If Ragnarok is more God of War two thousand eighteen, with a little bit better graphics and some new mechanics, it's probably going to be a ten out of ten. I understand that, but it's in the same conversation we've had about like Halo Infinite. If you're talking about this like premier game in this platform's, you know, releases, you know, like Forbidden West, I don't think I think that game should have been more ambitious uh for what it is and god of war really should be and from what i saw like i don't think it looked that great I, that's i guess that's how i'm getting that it just looked I, it looked like i was watching dlc from 2018 and that and that might be what it is it might be the biggest dlc they've ever made and that's fine right but i just I think it should be more than that and it frustrates me because I know because it's God of War and because it's the sequel to 2018 if there's people who who may have if, if they looked at it completely objectively They maybe say, it's like, oh yeah, this is really great. It's like an eight out of 10. It's going to get 10 out of 10s from those people because of the legacy, because of the franchise. And that almost goes back to the Last of Us thing of, are you only, you know, when you're rating games, when you're reviewing games, are you only reviewing that disc or that file, that, that one experience, or are you rating the price, its legacy, whether it's better or worse than the previous game? And I'm fine with that if you are, but I think you do have to talk about that. There's someone in my discord who gets really upset about, you know, they've seen the way that like, uh, you know, certain games are getting reviewed and and they don't like the way that, uh, you know, reviewers aren't very consistent with, uh, you know, like, like Far Cry six, like this person likes Far Cry six. And a lot of reviewers kind of panned Far Cry six because it was just more Far Cry. And there's this feeling of like, well, You know, if you're if you're only rating that game, like, did you have fun? Is it a fun game? Was it nice to play? You know, and so just because maybe it's more of of that game, does that necessarily make it worse? And I think you can have the same conversation of Last of Us, of the new God of War coming out, of of Halo, of all these games of, you know, are you only reviewing that one game in a vacuum? Or are you reviewing its history, its price, its platform, its reception? Are you like, and and I think you can do both, but I do think you have to be explicit about that. So there's my thoughts on that. God of War Ragnarok may, I doubt it's going to be game of the year. It's so funny seeing people be like, well, God of War is the only game that can challenge Elden Ring. Elden Ring is out and it's a known commodity and it is game of the year. I, Especially because I think that Ragnarok is gonna be like the equivalent of Forbidden West. I I would be very interested if the if that game innovates enough to seem like it should beat Elden Ring, which innovated from their previous formula a lot. Obviously the from software formula, but it stepped it up, I would say, quite a bit. You know, I don't believe the next God of War is gonna step it up in the same way, but I do think that there will be outside factors that will lead people to potentially want to put that over uh, Elden ring for game of the year. So I'm very interested to see what that conversation looks like at the end of the year. uh, And uh, especially based on who's having it. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see the last kind of general story here is about uh, an impression from a game pass game. I played it's tiny Ken. Um, This is very quick. If you played Pikmin, you liked it you should play tiny Ken, especially if you have game pass um it's adorable it's art is very cool it's mechanics are great it's a fun little game um i mean it's it's pikmin so uh, i have a video i have 10 or 12 minutes i think on my youtube if you want to check that out um and you can kind of see how it plays and how it looks i thought it was very adorable I can't promise I'm going to finish it because that tends to not happen with me, but it's definitely a game that I will see and be like, Hey, that's a good game. And it's definitely one I suggest. Okay. So to kind of break it up here in the middle, um, if you're enjoying this show and any of my other content, uh, I would ask you to please consider becoming a supporter over at patreon.com slash bond diesel. There's a whole bunch of tiers. There's a whole bunch of bonuses. Uh, you can check that out for yourself and pick out one that seems to fit for you. Check out all the different perks and all the things that you can get. And I would very much appreciate it right now. My main target uh, for that money to go towards is to, um, to upgrade my camera and to maybe save up enough to go to E3 next year and cover that live. So if you want to help me with that, uh, go and check it out. If you don't want to support through Patreon, you can uh, be a subscriber over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bond diesel, uh, and you know, other places. So you can check out some of my other content as well. Okay. The division, um, Nothing huge this week. Uh, We did find uh, that as I record this phase two of the season 10 PTS is ongoing. They put out patch notes. They're basically just refining things. I'm not really going to talk much about it. Um, If you want some more in-depth talk, check out division Twitter or the subreddit um, or the forums. People are talking about the specific uh, changes they've made and how they feel about them. I can't be bothered to play this pts i I love the game Um, i hope that the changes are fun and cool Um, but there's nothing coming that i'm interested in enough to jump in so i will trust the people who are uh, more interested uh, to really dive in and and find some cool stuff Uh, but that is happening season 10 is on its way my guess is it's going to be out by the end of this month Um, wouldn't surprise me if it's out within like the next week and a half or so We'll, we'll see how this PTS goes. Obviously, if they have a phase three, it will probably be the end of the month. Um, there's a lot of resurgence PR going out. So that mobile game that looks like it's like a borderline, like DLC of the first game, uh, has kind of clarified. So they, they were talking about these, like, I think it was like foundry workers or something. We're going to be this, this new, um, Uh, faction that you would fight against and i just assumed that would be who you were gonna fight well now they're putting out pr that's showing that you know they're gonna have like cleaners uh and rikers and i assume like lmb and uh and maybe even rioters uh in this game as well so i'm not really interested in this mobile game even a little bit i will try it out i do want to see what it's all about um i can't imagine i'm going to be that interested but hey they're putting out a lot of good info and if you want more division it seems like resurgence is going to be a pretty good uh place to get it so on the other hand heartland uh we still have not heard anything more about that uh there is an ubisoft forward on the 10th of this month uh, which i will be covering Uh, i think you can get drops from watching me too um I'm, i'm one of their partnered streamers uh to do that so uh, make sure you come by my stream during that show and we can kind of see what they have to show us. That show has a lot riding on it, man. So we know they're going to talk about like Assassin's Creed. I'm sure they'll talk about siege. Um, but I, I will see if division is in, is in there. I think resurgence will be because that's probably coming sooner and later. They might talk about season 10 in there. I doubt it. But if they don't talk about heartland, In this next um, uh, Ubisoft Forward, I would start to be pretty suspicious about the status of that game. Um, It's very weird. That that game, it's very odd. Um, Obviously, I I wouldn't give out any privileged information, but purely from the perspective of someone on the outside, it's even more baffling. Um, Maybe. I don't know. but. I don't know. I I, I'm 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 fearful for Heartland, if you want me to be honest. And um, I I, I really am curious to what's happening, Um, but hopefully I'm wrong. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, so with Mass Effect, uh, there was nothing too big um, this this week. Uh, I do have a big giveaway coming. Uh, So the idea was for this show for the 200th episode. I had like $300 in Bioware credit from my, uh, if you've ever seen my 20% discount code, it's down in the description. If that one doesn't work, let me know. I'll get you a different one. Um, I get a commission off of that. And at least for now, I can only use it as store credit. And so I've been using that store credit to buy like giveaway stuff. So this time I spent like 250 bucks of gift card money uh, to buy a whole bunch of crap to give away. So keep an eye on my Twitter. It's at Bond Diesel or at the Echo Cast. Um, I, I'll be doing a giveaway through Twitter um, this time. I, I don't like doing the Gleam stuff anymore. I'm kind of sick of that. Uh, it's so predatory. And like 95% of the people who enter that give those giveaways are, are bots anyways. So I'd rather just do something on, on uh, Twitter and still get some engagement out of it. But mostly just, you know, more than anything for me, I think it's a way to to get some Mass Effect fans to be like, "Hey, I'm making content. I'm doing cool stuff. Also, here's a free plushie, right?" So be on the lookout for that. My plan with that, because I had some issues buying the stuff, is to um, probably start the giveaway at the beginning of October and go until end seven day um, to try to kind of. It's gonna be too late to wrap in like the. Uh, the the episode 200 stuff, uh, the stuff won't be here for a few weeks. And so I think I'm going to do that and try to kind of uh, get off, uh, you know, piggyback off of that in seven day hype. Um, And speaking of in seven day, the one thing I did kind of want to chat about is um, what I think may come from that. um, And to kind of have that discussion. So I think in seven day this year is very interesting. So uh, so two years ago, there wasn't anything that big, but they did have the game awards not long after. And that's when they did the, the, the teaser trailer that many of us, including myself and a lot of other creators have come through every frame of and are still come up with theories about. Um, so they did the teaser trailer confirming the game, you know, that the franchise is continuing um, despite Andromeda. Right. And then last year in 2021, they um, have done a, they, they did a poster uh and it was last minute. I remember myself, like I remember taking time that day, uh to I was I was ready and waiting that for work. I I had it set up where I could stop working and make a video when they released something. I hoped it would be another trailer, uh, and it was nothing all day until at like four o'clock Eastern time they released uh, I think uh Mike Gamble put out a tweet uh that had this poster, this like concept poster or or teaser poster and you know for the last almost year we've been doing our job with that speculating and talking about it and arguing about what it means and and this year i think is going to be interesting because i think before in seven day uh bioware is going to start really ramping up their talk about dragon age uh we we know that the dread wolf game is being developed um the the most recent rumors i've heard is that it's going to be out like next fall um, so about a year from now, if not a little more or less, and they're going to focus on that, right? Like Bioware, th- they'll do their teases for Mass Effect, like like they'll still like mention it in their blogs and stuff. But they're gonna give Dreadwolf its time for quite a while, and so I'm kind of curious to if that will impact In Seven Day at all. My honest prediction for In Seven Day, they've done a teaser, they've done a poster. I think maybe they would do like a video like a like a short like statement from like Mike Gamble Who's the head on the game? Maybe he would do like a video and say hey, we're working on it We know you want more info Uh, We don't have much to give yet, but we are really excited and here's a thing and whether they show uh, Like a character that's gonna be in it or you know they've been so vague with their marketing so far very smartly because all of the arguments and all of the you know ch- the chatter happening the videos the twitch streams everyone disagreeing about like i think it's going to be they're going to canonize the synthesis ending or i think they're going to do this or it's going to be andromeda 2 all of that chatter i think it can be a little detrimental to a community of people getting their hopes up but way more impactful is just, is just so much free pr for bioware they are getting so much free advertisement that they are probably okay with us arguing that's why this year i don't expect to get any like really significant info um but i do think next year is when that will come about like setting characters time frames things like that i I think 2023 is the year and uh, it's going to be a long wait okay so let's jump into these listener questions if you have any questions for further episodes Uh, jump into my discord Uh, you can uh, just comment on the podcast or something i say and i can respond to it you can give me a story to talk about Uh, you can just give me a topic to talk about or if you have a specific question you can ask those as well and i will always include them but this week being special because of the 200th episode i decided to open up kind of like an ama you can ask me about anything Uh, and for the most part people still ask about games Uh, But I will um, somewhat quickly go through all of these lovely uh, topics that uh, I was given. So the first one is N7 Legend, uh, a very fine fellow uh, who I did an interview with as part of this uh, Echo Cast uh, special episode. So make sure to go back and listen to our chat, especially if you're a Mass Effect fan. Um, I think we mostly agree on stuff, but we we seem to have different takes just enough to make it interesting. So go back and check out my episode with N7 Legend. Uh, and, and his uh, comment was, uh, Is mayonnaise an instrument? Uh, I will say no. I'm gonna make that a nice simple one. Uh, and I enjoyed the SpongeBob emote that went with this. Um, uh, but, but seriously, congrats on 200 episodes, dude. Uh, and, and thank you so much. It's been. A labor of love um, but it's been one of the things i'm the most proud of obviously like my beautiful wife and my amazing daughter those are pretty high up there Uh, but this podcast is not too far below them so thank you uh jub jub a recent uh twitch uh viewer who has been really great uh had a couple questions here so the first one is uh, how do you balance gaming and your everyday life The honest truth is, is I don't sleep a whole lot. Um, I get six or seven hours a night um, pretty consistently, but um, it's definitely a thing of I wake up in the morning, help, especially on the weekdays. I help my wife get my daughter ready. They leave. My daughter goes to my in-laws. I work all day. They get home. I help out. I do what I'm supposed to do. My daughter goes to bed around like seven. My wife goes to bed between like nine and ten and then that's when this stuff happens it is 10 25 p.m as i record this uh and that's how i that's how i balance it and so if i'm not recording the podcast or doing content of some type that's why i'm playing games um i do try to spend a lot of time from like a content perspective not always making content or trying to make content from my casual play uh like the the um oh what was that silly game the, the Tiny Ken video, um, you've seen me, I've been doing these videos where I've been uploading um, this like 4K 60 FPS footage from these Game Pass games that are releasing. And one, I think that's valuable content to someone to kind of get like a 10 or 15 minute preview of a game without me chattering over it. They can just watch it and see if they like it or not. Um, and for me, it's a chance for me, I was gonna play it anyways, so I made some content. So I've really tried to cut back on like the purposeful content um, streams, podcast, like narrative videos. Um, I even try to do videos where I just kind of riff for like 10 minutes and then put it out. Um, because that's a way for me to feel like I'm putting out stuff that's useful and valuable, but I can still do it in that like nine o'clock to midnight window. I give myself, uh, you know, most days, uh, for gaming stuff or content creation stuff. So So that's how I balance it. I'm not going to act like it's a great balance. It could be better for sure, um, but it could be a lot worse. And it has been worse. And I think it's in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, And then the second question from Jub Jub was, uh, can you eat in one sitting a statue of yourself made of jelly? No, I could not. That sounds disgusting. So thank you. Uh, the, The OG fan, the OG supporter here, Neuronix, says when you started this journey four and a half years ago where did uh, you see yourself five years later um so four and a half years ago when this podcast started i was pretty recently married i had gotten into like the division one community a little bit i was doing like build guides i was doing the thing right i was doing build guides i was doing screenshots i was kind of just being introduced to like Twitch and things like that, I don't think I was. Uh, oh, no, I was streaming, but not for very long, only for a few months when I started the podcast. And um, I, uh, you know, it was something new. I'm kind of a homebody. Um, I do like going, I play volleyball, I spend time with my friends and family, um, but I'm a homebody. I like being home and I like games. And so doing this kind of stuff uh, was very attractive. So doing a podcast. Uh, you know, listening to myself talk for an hour, uh, you know, about things I enjoy. Um, you know, that's I, I never really knew what would come of it, and what has come of it is a trip to E3, uh, a, a chance to play a whole bunch of games very early, um, a few games that have never even come out. Um, it's met me a bunch of people I would have never met otherwise, like yourself, Neuro. Um, and, and, and it's really expanded my mind by getting to talk to people from all kinds of places who have different perspectives and thoughts and things about everything. And, um, and I find myself almost five years later, um, feeling like very lucky and, and very happy. Um, feeling like maybe my time can be allocated a little better for my own health. You know, when I started doing this, I didn't have this, uh, extra bit on my chin and my cheeks and. I had a little bit more hair when we started this uh, whole thing. Um, But overall, I find myself in a very good spot. Uh, Five years from now. Oh, my God. Five years from now, it'll be 2027. Um, You know, I, I would like to still be doing this podcast. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I, I, don't really think I ever see this thing becoming like my thing. Um, I think I was too late in the game for that. I don't think I'm good enough at it necessarily. Uh, and I don't really think I'm willing to like go all in. Um, uh, but I do think I could continue doing this stuff as like a really serious hobby, a thing that I am passionate about. I'm trying to make better. I'm trying to make successful, um, more for the challenge than the, the victory, right? And so, yeah, hopefully five years from now, I'm still playing games. I'm still sitting here talking to myself for an hour. And, uh, you know, that would be pretty cool. So thank you for the question. Three Eskimo really took advantage of this. Uh, but these I'll, I'll make these questions fairly quick. Uh, aisle or window seat on an airplane? Uh window. I like the aisle because I hate bothering other people. So I don't like being the one who has to climb over other people's legs to get to my seat. But uh, when I flew out to E3, I was in the aisle seat, I think, for a couple of my flights. And I got whacked with the cart twice because I fell asleep. And I think those people intentionally like give you a good pop if you lean out into the aisle if you're sleeping. And so, yeah, so I'll say window. That would be my preference. Uh the last thing I binged on TV or streaming was probably the most recent uh season of The Boys. I think it was the last thing I like went hard on. And god, it's such a good show. I wish it was not as grotesque so I could like encourage my wife to watch it because The Boys in my opinion is like one of the best written shows, one of the best performed shows like ever made. I I think um Anthony Starr who plays the main He, I mean, he is the antagonist, but it's layered, man. He's so good at being awful. And then just everyone in that cast is just, yeah. Yeah. So that's the last show I binge watched and really, really enjoyed it uh, for sure. Um, Have you considered doing an ASMR channel or podcast? I believe there was a note here that this was a joke, Um, but there is something funny about it is that, Um, From when I started doing content and even like my wife, when we met uh, something that people have always told me is they like my voice for one reason or the other. And um, I don't get it because I still hear the same boy who was 11 years old and all squeaky. That's the voice I hear in my head. Um, So the fact that people like my voice has always been weird to me. Um, Yeah, the ASMR thing. I, I've seen a few ASMR streams on Twitch. Uh, I, I don't think I uh, have the equipment uh, to, uh, to pull that off. I, I think there may be some factors that would make me uh, not very popular there, but uh, maybe one day, maybe if this podcast fails, I'll go into an ASMR podcast. Uh, and then, uh, aren't water guns the coolest? My, my daughter definitely thinks so, and so I'm inclined to agree. Uh, and then of course what is your favorite pokemon this is going to be super lame because i haven't followed pokemon since like the original 150 the first gen um it's it's the pikachu man it's just it's it's pikachu for like feels and memories it's gyarados or Gyarados, gyarados because come on it's a flying water dragon um Mewtwo is pretty cool. Ah, the legendary birds are pretty dope too. It's hard to pick one, but if I had to pick one, it, it's Pika man, Pika Pika for sure. Thank you for the questions. Three, ask master prime old reliable. This is where I want to throw out a special. Thank you um, to master prime master prime um, asks questions almost every single week. Ever since they started listening to the podcast. Um, and you know about 50 percent of those weeks being the only person who asked questions um and i very 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 much appreciate master prime um for listening um for uh posting and things like that and and, and giving me stuff to talk about it's very cool i really appreciate it so um so here, here's master prime's questions uh, have you ever had a moment where you reconsidered your life? So I didn't take this the wrong way, if I remember correctly. And please correct me if I'm wrong, Master Prime. Um, but Master Prime lives in Mexico. And uh, the 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 upside-down question marks and stuff and kind of me needing to reformat their questions a little sometimes um, uh, it makes the, the fact that they ask questions every single week even cooler. Um, and so I'm going to assume this was like a question of like... You know, has there ever been a moment that's like kind of made you like stop and like rethink things? And there's been a few for sure, um, good and bad. And I think one of the good and bad ones was when I was uh, 15. I was 15. I think it was the summer after my freshman year of high school. So ninth grade, um, I was dating a girl who was. Uh, Two or three years older than me Who could drive And all kinds of stuff Uh, We went to this festival We were going home on some back roads I was supposed to be home I wasn't supposed to leave home that day And um, We were on some really curvy roads Uh, She was mad at me for something And wasn't paying attention to the road We came around the blind corner uh, Met another car In the middle of the blind corner Both of us were in the middle of the road we hit them head on. They didn't move at all. I, I'll never forget. Uh, so in the United States, obviously the the driver is on the left side of the car if you're looking out the windshield, and so I was in the passenger seat because I couldn't drive yet. I was only 15, which meant that the driver of the other car was directly in front of me. And one thing that is like seared into my brain forever is I'll never forget how like when we saw I saw the other car, and it, it just it goes in the slow motion, man. When you're like that freaked out about something and i'll just never forget locking eyes with the driver of the other car we just looked right at each other and her face just like like you know the fear i'll never forget it and so we hit them and they just stopped dead uh they weren't dead they were fine Uh, i don't think they even i don't think anyone in that car got injured um but we veer we like skipped off of their car we were in a big uh, jeep grand cherokee And, um, the, sorry, there was a bug on my mic thing. Um, we skidded sideways after, um, hitting their car and hit grass, which then caused our SUV to start, um, rolling, uh, like rolling over down a embankment in the woods Cause we were on a back road in the country, uh, down a hill. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, um, which is definitely something I'm not proud of at all. And that's uh, actually that accident. It plays into your question. Um, and she wasn't wearing one either. And when the accident happened, I grabbed the bar, like the, the hand grip above my head. And I reached across and grabbed I think her seatbelt that she didn't have on, but when you get into a wreck and you slam your brakes on your seatbelt tightens up. So basically I had my arm across her chest and I was holding onto the bar and had my legs like down. And as we were rolling, I just remember like holding her against the seat so she wouldn't fly out of the car and then holding on. So I wouldn't fly out. So we hit the bottom cars on its side. She was kind of delirious because she got thrown around pretty good. I, don't remember having any issues. I don't remember having a headache or anything. My window was open from, and my window was up facing the sky, and so I uh, basically stood up on the console and like looked around to make sure we were okay. Turned off the car, grabbed her, basically pushed her out the window, and when we walked up the hill. And we waited for emergency services to come. Luckily, there was a house pretty close to the wreck, and it had to have been a pretty loud uh, accident. Um, and they came and checked everyone out. And, and then my dad showed up, and I was not even supposed to be out of the house that day. And, um, you know, one thing that has stuck with me is I now wear my seatbelt like religiously because of that. I uh, reevaluated some relationships I was. Uh, I had at the time, I was young, so it didn't really stick as well as it could have. But one of the biggest things that happened was that my dad, like I didn't, I think I may have been grounded for a little bit, which was 100% acceptable, like understandable. But it was the fact that he showed concern for my well being rather than anger at my bad decision that has made me a better father to emulate my dad. Um, and really, Um, probably changed a lot for me in that uh, it turned into a thing where like I wasn't scared to tell him when I like messed something up Um, I came to realize even at a younger age but especially um, as a rebellious 15 year old and teenager I was kind of a turd in high school otherwise I was a pretty good kid but high school was a tumultuous time for me Uh, not too bad but not the best either and, um, yeah, I, I, think that really, uh, made me appreciate him even more, um, to this day and, uh, it has made me the type of father that like, I, I, hope my child will come to me if she's in trouble or to our, to my wife, instead of being scared to get in more trouble. Um, because, uh, it's just, you know, that's the kind of dad I want to be. So so there you go there's your moment where uh, if i ever reconsidered my life or, or thought more about it that moment was definitely one of the big ones uh, second question from master prime is what makes you stay on the division uh just a love for the franchise for the developers uh for a lot of the people i've met uh for the fact that i think it's one of the best games ever made um even if it hasn't been supported the best uh that's definitely the big the big things and then, um, had the podcast or internet branding in general become part of, uh, of you, or is it just a hobby? I would say a little bit of both, right? Um, bond diesel has a, a direct connection to me. Um, it's actually a nickname I had in college, um, because one of my coworkers didn't want to say my last name and he found a different thing to call me and it was bond diesel. It's kind of hard to explain, but it stuck with me and it was my gamer tag back in college. And, I've kind of used it for a lot of stuff ever since, including, uh, you know, my, my kind of name here on the internets. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely a hobby. Like this obviously isn't my full-time job. If it was, I wouldn't be very successful. (laughs) It would be a rough life. So, um, it's definitely a hobby, but you know, being a podcaster, being a gamer, um, being a community member, things like that is a part of me for sure. Um, and something I'm really proud of. So, yeah. So thank you for the questions, Master Prime. And again, thank you so much for always participating. It's been really great. Uh, Anna the Writh. I always just call you Anna. I've actually never asked you how to say the second part. So correct me uh, the next time I'm on stream and tell me how to say it right. Um, you had a bunch of quick ones for me. I'm not going to do well with this. Top three game characters. <sighs> Commander Shepard. the protagonist from red dead and red dead to come like to like tied. I can't pick one. It's just a couple of my favorite games ever. Um, and then a the third one that's so hard for me because I, um, I really just kind of think about those. Um, I will say, and of course I'm going to look like an idiot cause I can't remember his name but from season one of The Walking Dead uh, the, the the guy you play as, is it Eli or, or something, um, his that, I, I played that when my daughter was very young last it was the summer of 2021 I think and that whole series of games really touched me um, really significantly but that first uh, season especially of seeing that like pseudo father daughter relationship and you know spoilers but him sacrificing everything at the end for her um and and getting her to where she needed to go and teaching her the lessons she needed for the rest of her life were or, or at least for the rest of the time you play as her was really really meaningful to me so i would say those are the three i can think of off the top of my head uh top three game missions or quest um the fallout three megaton kind of quest and all of the different ways that can play out is one that stands out. Um, the priority earth in mass effect three, even though I know it's like a, not everyone loves it. to me, it's just every time I get to that mission, I just feel so full of things. Um, that's definitely a big one. Um, What's another good one? Uh, tch, 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 tch. Um, I will say... The, the game Haven. Uh, that was like my game of the year in 2020, I think. Um, when... Uh, it's a game where you and uh, your, your partner in the game... Um, it's AI, but... The, these two characters this game um was one of the best portrayals of a relationship i've ever seen in a video game and um there's a moment there, there's a there's a part of the game where they get separated and in that part of the game just really struck me and i remember playing the game and it was just a game right but i remember playing it and being like i have to find them and doing all the things you had to do to get back to the partner um that will always stick with me that game is so underrated um it's really a bummer. Uh, the, the game, the game makers, I think is what that studio is called, uh, has made it pretty clear they're, they're moving on to like a new game. Uh, I really wanted a DLC or even a sequel of Haven. Uh, and unfortunately it doesn't look like it's going to happen because they just barely brushed the surface of the lore and the story of that game and those characters. Uh, so that bums me out, but it's also one of those things. It's like, okay, like I'll take what I can get. That was a cool experience. So yeah, so there's my three missions or quests. Uh top three game lore. Uh easily the division franchise. Now the Mass Effect franchise for sure. Um and even though I haven't played the games, I would say The Last of Us. I uh that's a series I've always really enjoyed watching the playthroughs of and learning more about the story and the lore and kind of the expanded universe and stuff like that so there's my three game lores my top three genres of games um rpgs uh real-time strategy like age of empires and stuff for sure uh and and shooters Uh, those are definitely my top three there and my top three indie or double-a games oh yeah you said no repeating of games which i think i did so sorry i tried (laughs) Um, my top three indie games so haven would definitely be so i'm gonna Break, break your rule. I'm sorry. Um Haven would definitely be up there. Dead Cells is another big one for me. Um, I'm trying to think. State of Decay. So I know like State of Decay 1 I think would be double A. State of Decay 2 I still think would be even though they're owned by Microsoft now I don't think State of Decay 3 is going to be like an indie game or a double A game I think that's going to be a straight up triple A big time experience but yeah so uh, Haven Dead Cells and State of Decay there's my three so thank you Anna so much for the uh, the questions and Anna's been a big influence in me uh, with my Mass Effect love and, and getting into that game and um she she's been one of many people who have been really great to uh that she's a division fan as well uh but a big time like mass effect fan so uh f- having some people um kind of help me feel comfortable in exploring both of those things uh has been great and has definitely been one of the biggest there uh one of my favorite um uh usernames that has been around a lot lately on youtube and and, uh, and uh, <laughs> on twitter and stuff is Legolas on the shelf, um, and so, <laughs> so I love it. It's so funny. Um, and uh, if if you ever look this person up, their profile picture is an elf on a shelf with Legolas's face on it. Naturally, as one as one does. Uh, so uh, the comment here was uh, congrats, Bon or, uh, or dad advice. Uh, dad advice. If you have some, what do you sh- uh, what to, what do you want to share? Um, I think how I said before about my dad trying to establish early that the truth uh, will always be better than lying, um, that you may have consequences uh, either way, but you know, to, 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 um, you know, the consequences won't be as bad if you're truthful, uh, for like a baby for like an infant or something, um, learn how to swaddle. Uh, Get them into their own bed as soon as you feel comfortable. Our daughter started sleeping on her own in her own crib in a different room at six weeks. Um, And I can count on one hand the number of nights that we've had like bad nights uh, and only one like really bad one in three plus years. Knock on wood. Um, So just establish, you know, get them into their own room and bed as soon as you're comfortable um, and routine 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 we have changed the especially in the first year year and a half we would leave family functions early we would not go to some things uh one of us would go the other one wouldn't just to guarantee that that little that little that little one went down at the same time every night roughly and got a nap every day so there would be family functions i would leave early to bring her home and put her down for a nap and She's over three years old. She still sleeps like 10 hours a night and she still takes, she will take like two or three hour naps if you let her during the day. And it's awesome. It's so, so that is my, is my biggest advice. My next bit of advice is after that baby's born, you'll be in the hospital for a day or two. The hospital we went to um, was extremely pushy about nursing. After the birth, my wife, didn't make milk for a couple of days, and then she made more than we could handle. But uh, that the the second night, our daughter had only gotten a, hadn't really gotten any milk. She hadn't eaten anything, and she screamed all night. And the hospital was very resistant to suggesting f- uh, formula. So we went through like seven hours through the night with this little thing screaming, and we couldn't help her. We didn't know what to do. My wife couldn't feed her yet; it was a nightmare. One of the, the probably the most tired I've ever been in my entire life. And then at some point, a nurse came in, and I just said, "Hey, I need formula. Give me formula. Like I need to feed this baby." They gave me formula, popped that thing in her mouth. She drank like the whole thing, which at that age, she should have only been able to drink like half of it, maybe. She chugged the whole bottle, didn't spit up, fell asleep for like seven hours, or or longer. She may have slept longer, and then we finally got to sleep too. Um, so consistent sleep schedule stick with it and and don't be afraid to make them give you food for your baby in the first like 48 hours because that baby needs to eat they're hungry so there's my dad advice um uh, the second part here is uh maybe times that uh, and then so asking about times that gaming and being a dad or husband have overlapped um, and he, and Legolas on the shelf said, personally, my wife and I have never yelled at each other more than when we found overcooked. So that's a really fun uh, cooking game. If you're not aware of it. Um, it's kind of what I said before. Um, I, I help out as much as I can. Um, I've, you know, I, my wife's probably changed more diapers. I've changed a lot of diapers. Um, I, I do a lot of our cooking. I do a lot of our cleaning up and a lot of our chores and I take care of all of our bills. And Um, I I really felt like, um, you know, she she did quite uh, a bit of work uh, growing that wonderful little thing. And I felt like uh, even before, but especially after, um, you know, the least I could do was everything. And so um, you you still need to take care of yourself. You still need to give yourself your own time. And um, obviously, I do that like right now, late at night. Um, and that's just kind of how I roll. And I always have, even before I was married and stuff like that, I was always a Nidal, Um, but you know, make sure you're taking care of your business and then make sure you're taking care of yourself too. Um, because you matter and, um, and yeah, it's really important. So, okay. So the last set of questions here is, um, from caged, uh, another more recent, uh, uh, friendly face on the Twitch and some other and on Twitter and stuff like that. So i um, a big uh, Mass Effect fan. Um, they say, congrats, Bon. That's awesome. About the 200th episode. I'd like to hear your opinion on the catalyst. This is in reference to the end of Mass Effect 3. Uh, Do you believe it is an unreliable narrator speaking the truth uh, or dysfunctional in some way? Uh, and then sorry if you've covered this in the past. I don't think I've like directly talked about it. So this is a great question to wrap up on. Um so the catalyst if you're not aware of what Mass Effect is, the whole, all three games in the original trilogy led up to this battle with these basically unbeatable um species of creature. That their prerogative was to wipe all technology and technologically advanced races from the entire Milky Way every 50,000 years um, because it uh, to prevent AI from um, basically doing it themselves. It, it's there's a, it, there's a lot, right? So you discover this weapon that you can build, um, but it's only half of the weapon. And so, you, so throughout the third game, you build this weapon with the help of everyone else. But you have to find the other half. And then you do find the other half. And all along, it was this home base that you've been interacting with since the first game. And so at the end of the game, these are obviously spoilers. You get this thing that you built to the home base. You connect them to, to finally be the super weapon against this These sentient creatures these these whatever who are there to kill all of the humans and all of the other races uh, to wipe them all out and you're given um essentially three choices um and and that's kind of the reference here is the catalyst uh is shown to you as this image of a little boy that you saw die at the beginning of the game it's obviously like a projection of your character's you know self-conscious issues or whatever PTSD, things like that. And so what they tell you is that you have to... uh, They basically tell you uh, the three choices. And to um, destroy all of these creatures, they're called the Reapers, is to take the option to destroy all the Reapers, but it will also destroy all the AI, uh, everything, which includes a crewmate of yours and an entire race of beings called the Geth, which are robots that are like not really robots. It's a long story. So one option is to destroy... All of the Reapers, but also all of these other people. The second option is that your character will sacrifice itself and essentially become the new Catalyst who's in charge of all the Reapers. And so you can sacrifice yourself and become the boss of the Reapers and do whatever you want. You can send them off back to deep space to be gone forever. You can have them help rebuild everything, whatever you want. You could become evil and become just as bad as the Catalyst, whatever. And then the third choice is that you sacrifice yourself um, and combine all AI and all organic beings into one into this big harmonious galaxy where everyone gets along. And so to me, the obvious choice has always been the destroy ending because the other choices seem like what the Reapers would want you to do because they still get to exist. And um part of this catalyst, the, this 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 AI that um is trying to help you decide what to do or persuade you, it tells you, well, you're gonna kill off this entire race of people. One of your crewmates is gonna die because they're an AI. Even your own character, Commander Shepherd, is like significantly infused with AI and, and mechanical bits and, and, and parts and says like you, you you're gonna die too like you you know you're one of them or at least partly and so what cage is asking is do you think um that th- there's a big theory in the community that the catalyst is lying it wants you to pick the control or the synthesis ending so they can essentially continue to exist or if you choose destroy they don't because everything gets blown up and um I think they are being manipulative, but mostly honest, or I at least think the three choices are honest. I think all of the information that the catalyst tells you beyond that is very pushy trying to get you to pick the endings that would be best for them. Um, because like I, I would argue that the control ending especially, but even the synthesis ending is like still like kind of handing a win to the Reapers. um, in my opinion. That's why I always pick destroy. I, I've tried to get myself to pick other endings. I'm literally on a renegade run right now where I won't get the 7,400 EMS I need to save Shep. And if I couldn't do that, I was going to pick one of the other endings. I don't think I can do it. (laughs) I just don't think I can do it. Uh, I'll see when it comes down to that, which I may actually be playing, uh, tomorrow or sometime soon on stream. But, um, I think they are, I would say an unreliable narrator is the best descriptor of what I think. I think the basic premise of what the the catalyst tells Commander Shepard is true, um, but I think it has a lot of bias in it. Um, This, again, just comes down to the whole idea that I've talked a lot about of like, I do not envy the writers of this next Mass Effect game at all. Because I think the best way for them to handle the game moving forward is to pick a cannon ending, which I think should be a destroy ending and to just move on from there. Um, But it's it's they're going to make the it's going to be interesting. So it's a very good question, Cage. It may even be a good thing to make a whole video on at some point. So thank you for that. And that was all of the questions. So thank you so much to everyone who participated. That was really awesome. Uh, it's nice to get to answer all of those. Uh, we're gonna have some content updates and then wrap this wonderful 200th episode up. Uh, I do have um, a bunch of videos coming up. Um, I've, I've posted a video a day for almost over a month at this point, um, kind of not on purpose. I've just, what well, I was talking about before, becoming efficient with my content putting out some purposeful stuff putting out some other stuff that's just a part of what i'm doing anyways um it's been great so please check that stuff out i would really appreciate it um i have a couple new videos coming out soon where i, I just put out one talking about like are games really fun anymore or has that been ruined um a bunch of mass effect videos uh, when season 10 of the division comes out i'll probably do a video about that as well Uh, so keep an eye out for all of that. I'm also working on getting more interviews scheduled. I have two or three that are like tentatively, um, confirmed at this point, but we need days and times. So I'm working on that. And so, um, keep an eye out for, uh, all of those. So, uh, so that's where we're going to wrap this thing up again. Thank you guys so much uh, guys and gals and everyone else, um, for listening, for, you know, checking out my stuff and sharing it and and interacting and supporting on Patreon, the Patreon or uh on Twitch or wherever, um, whether you just watch or listen or share um or contribute, you know, I, I appreciate every single part of it. So uh so yeah, so let's wrap this baby up. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify or iTunes. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to this channel, like this video, and leave a comment down below either with a comment, a question, or maybe to just help the algorithm. You can find me all over the internet as bond diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and on Twitch. And that is all I have. So until next time. I was a fifteen. Nobody be I I